Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. credit cards ready so you can just start charging. That's right. Charge it up. <laughs> Makes me laugh. You guys need a lot of weed at Christmas time. October 9th for the bestie, and um, I'm just scrolling through cannabis news, checking things out. Um, you can do a lot of that online. Uh, you can also come into Tumbleweeds Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Um, we are right, we're on the frontage road, so it's kind of hard to see. Some people kind of missed it. We've got signs all over, but we're tucked back a little bit um, next to Frontier Dental and uh, Farmers Insurance is down there. Um, so come check us out. And we are open seven days a week. That's right, seven days, not 24 hours. That would just be cray-cray. They were kind of upset that we weren't open Sunday, so now we're open Sundays. And only 10 to 3, though. Uh, both days, Saturday, Sunday, 10 to 3, everybody needs to be and to watch the football. <laughs> All right. 
news out there. And first, let's get to saying thank you to Kimberly Health Center, Growers House, Canna Health Online Digital Magazine, and lots of others who love and support us out there. Um, really couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, community support is huge. It's super, super important. And um, let those you know you love them. What are you getting your dealer for Christmas? Thirty-six, thirty-five East 34th Street. Get on down. Uh, that's in Tucson. Huge, new, beautiful warehouse. Uh, lots of friendly faces to help you out with all your growing needs from tomatoes, strawberries. Um, they've grown some really cool, like, lettuce. And <clears throat> they used to let me take it home for my bearded dragon. You know, all sorts of stuff. But you can grow weed down there, too, if you like. Well, actually, you can't grow there. <laughs> Check them out at growershouse.com, and they've always got, if you go to our website and click on the radio section there and cruise on down, and there's their little logo, and you can click it. It'll take you right to their page. Uh-oh, there's a sale ending October 13th, 10% off curing for harvest season. Woo-hoo! Uh, with free shipping on select items. Ooh, that's good. Ah. Free shipping, because, you know, some of this stuff can be, like, super heavy, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> so check them out at growershouse.com. Oh, there you go. You can spin the wheel again. No, we're not going to do that because you can only use your email once. So you can uh, you can go to the growers forum, ask you if you're 21 years or older, and then uh, seed swapping, fall winter growing, um, show us your bud picks, you know, things like that. Um, and you can also check out another one of our sponsors, which is Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. You don't have to go anywhere to check them out. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals. Profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. That's right. Check them out. Growers House and Canna Health Online Digital Magazine. Now, if you want to get your cannabis card, <clears throat> you can go to com. Get on over to the uh, certification center uh, section. And right there, the first thing you see is book appointment in the little woodsy-like box. Click it. You can make your own appointment right there. Um, and then it says, what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card? Well, here they are. PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, uh, which the state says is 60 days or more of chronic pain. So um, you can't just like stub your toe and come in for a time. We know that there are tons of like Parkinson's even falls in here, but epilepsy, um, there's all sorts of, you know, in muscle spasms, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including MS and leg cramps and 
um, all sorts of things. HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, which uh, if you haven't been with a loved one or someone that you know that's had it, just the agitation of anything from forgetting your keys to doing things that you're not normally supposed to do in life. Um, uh, Cachexia or wasting syndrome. So if anything that you, if you're not eating, if something you're taking is making you nauseous and you can't eat, um, you are eligible for a medical cannabis card. If you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease, medical condition, or just a treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition that causes any of the conditions that we just listed, uh, and then some. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. If you're wanting to call in here right now and you have an opinion or you want to say something, uh, 646-915-8421. You can actually go to uh, uh, the uh, let's see radio section right there, radio show, and you can click call us live. I think I have set that up um, so that from whatever device you're on, you can just click it. And it'll make the call. But maybe not. So I don't know. Go ahead and try it out. Um, all right. So there, let's see, we've got some news. Um, where where was I? So if you go to I'm gonna check out some news on azmarijuana.com. Great website. Um, lots of different advertisers and um, I think Tumbleweeds is up there. And uh, it says Arizona grows the fifth most hemp in the United States. Let's check that out. All right. Uh, A new hemp cultivation study conducted by Brightfield Group ranks Arizona fifth in hemp cultivation in the U.S. Arizona farmers have planted approximately 18,000 acres of hemp in 2019. Arizona's hemp industry launched in June 2019. Of the tens of thousands of acres of hemp grown in the United States, it's estimated that 87% is grown for producing CBD um, successful farming reported. The top five hemp cultivating states are, okay, here, where is it? All right, we got Colorado, 42,500 acres. Oregon, 29,859 acres. Uh, Montana, 29,400 acres. Uh, Tennessee gets a whopping 20,000 acres. And Arizona came in at 18,000 acres. Everybody gets some. Everybody gets some love. Okay. not a party, so something's broken. Right, they do project that hemp cultivation will increase by 75% by 2023, which would result in 2.7 million planted acres in the United States of America. Arizona is projected to grow 243,786 acres of hemp in 2023. 
Uh, in Arizona, industrial hemp is defined as the plant cannabis, sativa L, and any part of such plant, whether growing or not, with a THC concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. There you have it, dry weight basis. All right. <clears throat> well, that's awesome. Fifth in line. And pretty soon, all sorts of other states, if they are wise uh, and picking up the ways, they will do the same thing because it's not just good for CBD. It's good for everything. Um, the fibers that it's good for, they're making hempcrete, you know, blocks to build your homes with. Uh, we're probably going to go back to building cars uh, with it. Yep, look up Henry Ford's first cars. Um, so that's really exciting news that there's the top five already. Um, Montana, Tennessee, of course. All right, let's get Kentucky in there. Woo-hoo. All right, get them all in there. They're all going to come. They're all going to grow. All right, let's see. There's another story I wanted to read from High Times. And then, um, oh, you know what's interesting? Um, <clears throat> the, the the new trend to use magic mushrooms um, for healing depression and anxiety and PTSD. You know, it, there's a lot to be said for what already grows here on the planet, folks. I mean, it's good stuff. University in Houston testing uh, psilocybin for treatment resistant depression. While how do you say it? Psilocybin, psilocybin is a controlled substance one, a Schedule One substance. The FDA is allowing the University of Texas Science Center at Houston to test it as part of a global Phase Two clinical trial. Well, isn't that interesting? On the heels of its decriminalization in a handful of U.S. cities, um, psilocybin is being explored by the scientific establishment for evidence of therapeutic effectiveness. Researchers at the University of Texas Science Health Center in Houston, UTH, uh, UT Health, have announced that they are studying this for treatment-resistant depression. The study is inspired by past scientific investigations that suggest <clears throat> it works to create New Mental Circuitry, uh, one 2012 study concluded that uh, the substance can enable, quote, a state of unconstrained cognition, quote. Another study conducted at Johns Hopkins University and published in 2016 found a link between the use and decrease in depression and anxiety. Quote, it is a medication that can change or alter perceptions, cognition, thinking, and how minds see the environment. Uh, Sudakar Selvaraj, MD, PhD, assistant professor at UT Health, said in a statement, this therapy, if it works, could help at least a portion of people get relief from their depression and get back to day-to-day life. Heck yeah, but for that. The UT Health study will rely on a double-blinded method, meaning neither patients nor study <coughs> physicians will know what dosage uh, is taken by study participants. After ingesting 25, 10, or 1 milligrams, uh, patients will hang out in a comfortable treatment room for eight hours, supervised by therapists. Well, I just hope they have some fun things like a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, participants will fill out questionnaires <laughs> regarding their symptoms of depression. They'll record their mental state again one, three, six, nine, and 12 weeks later. Oh, sound nice? 
If you're between the ages of 18 and 55 and have treatment-resistant depression, you can still apply to be in the study. And you know what? I will copy this and put this in our blog. Um, <clears throat> it is thought that uh, psilocybin affects depression by the interaction between a chemical produced by the body upon its ingestion called psilocin and the body's serotonin system. In recent months, other uh, breakthroughs have taken place in the realm of uh, the mushroom. Last week, Miami University researchers announced that they have discovered a method of producing the compound that relies not on the cultivation of mushrooms, but via splicing their DNA into the E. coli bacteria. Last year, a team at John's Johns Hopkins University concluded that mushrooms could actually aid people in quitting cigarettes. Uh, ooh. Ah. Yeah. That educational institutional institution led by psychopharmacologist Roland R. Griffith has conducted psychedelics research since 2000 and was the first research group to be approved by the U.S. federal government to conduct such tests. Griffith holds that psychedelics can accomplish mental shifts in one session that years of counseling and pharmaceuticals cannot achieve. The school has since proven to be one of the leaders in the United States when it comes to its commitment to investigating the beneficial effects of hallucinogens. Last month, Johns Hopkins announced the formation of its Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research, which will be headed by Griffiths and which administers Administrators say will prioritize research on how uh, psilocybin affects our bodies and minds. Happily, these findings are arriving around the same time as a movement to widen access to consciousness-expanding substances. Uh, Oakland and Denver both decriminalized magic mushrooms earlier this year, though neither city has gone so far as to legalize their sale. Interesting. All right, well, if you can get your hands on it, I guess it's legal over there. Um, but that is interesting, and um, they can shift conscious thoughts um, by doing psychedelic, you know, plants and, um, you know, there's peyote and all sorts of cactus that will do similar things as mushrooms do, but you need to be careful, and being monitored is a very good thing to do, and you should always, uh, you know, if you're going to do an experiment like that, you know, make sure you're doing what they say and how, how to say to do it. Because it looks like you're doing like they're going to do like six weeks in a row um, of, of testing. So an interesting double blinded study. So no one knows who's on what. Someone has to know who's on what to know what works, don't you think? I mean, the show. All right. You're tuning in to Weed Stay Wednesday, everybody. Live cannabis radio show. You can check it out. Um, TumbleweedsHealthCenter.com. You can check out the show now. I think if you scroll down, there's a little um, a black bar across the uh, underneath of the description of the show. And you push the button and you can listen to us live. You can download past shows. You can get to um, Blog Talk Radio and check it all out. And I believe we are also on iTunes. So what we've been doing, folks, has been reading. We've been educating ourselves, which is a really good thing to do. Um, <clears throat> there are a couple initiatives that are coming up. We are on page 12, uh, oh, 11 of 16. 
we're reading the Smart and Safe Act, um, and this is um, this was brought to you, I believe, uh, by the dispensaries, the ABA, the Arizona Dispensary Association, partners thereof. Um, and it's important to educate yourself. You don't need to listen to, to my hoo-ha during the show. Just listen to what I'm reading because I'll have some hoo-ha to interject. <laughs> important to read the initiatives that you're going to vote on because already um, there are big companies on both sides pushing for their agendas. So you've got the dispensaries dumping in hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions, you know, pretty soon it's going to be millions. I'm sure it already is there. And then you've got anti-groups coming in from all over, from out of state. You've got people from, you know, and it's, it's already... <laughs> People from out of state should be coming in. I think if you're going to, you know, back something, you need to be here to do so um, because that's not fair. Anyway, on either side. So, you know, you got to read for yourself um, what's going on. And so we're going to read some more uh, s'mores. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, we're going to read more of the initiatives, and you can form your own opinions on them, and I will certainly share mine. <laughs> that guy, they were taking bong hits with that one. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. We're at the top of page 11. All right, hang on one moment. Um, not having any other law, a dual licensee, one. Um, and let's see if we can go back up here for one second. Okay. A dual licensee may hold a marijuana establishment license and operate a marijuana establishment pursuant to this chapter two, may operate on a for-profit basis if the dual licensee promptly notifies the Department of Health Services and Department of Revenue and takes any actions necessary uh, to enable its for-profit operation, including converting its corporate form and amending its uh, organizational and operating documents. Yeah, fancy, fancy words here. So, three, must continue to hold both its marijuana establishment license and nonprofit medical marijuana dispensary registration irrespective of any change in ownership of the dual license unless it terminates its status as a dual license a licensee and forfeits either its marijuana establishment license or nonprofit medical marijuana dispensary registration by notifying the Department of Health Services of such termination and forfeiture. And four, may not be required to A, employ or contract with the medical director, B, obtain nonprofit medical marijuana dispensary agent or marijuana facility agent registrations for outside vendors that do not have regular unsupervised access to the interior of the dual licensee, C, have a single secure entrance as required by section 36-2806 subsection C, but may be required to implement appropriate security measures to deter and prevent the theft of marijuana and to reasonably regulate customer access to the premises. 
Uh, D, comply with any other provisions of Chapter 28.1 of this title or any rule adopted pursuant to Chapter 28.1 of this title that makes its operation as a dual licensee unduly <clears throat> burdensome. Hmm. Okay. Things that we need to talk about. Um, and who makes that determination if it's unduly burdensome? E. Notwithstanding any other law, a dual licensee that elects to operate on a for-profit basis pursuant to subsection D, paragraph 2 of this section, 1, is subject to the taxes imposed to, uh, <clears throat> pursuant to Title 43, 2, shall not be required to submit its annual financial statements or an audit report to the Department of Health Services for purposes of renewing its nonprofit medical marijuana establishment registration, F. Notwithstanding any other law, a dual licensee must conduct all of the following operations at a shared location. One, the sale of marijuana and marijuana products to consumers pursuant to this chapter. Two, the dispensing of marijuana to registered qualifying patients and registered designated caregivers pursuant to Chapter 28.1 of this title. Uh, G, notwithstanding the provisions of 28.1 of this title or any regulation adopted pursuant to Chapter 28.1 of this title, a dual licensee may engage in any act, practice, conduct, or transaction permitted of a marijuana establishment by this chapter. H, notwithstanding any other law, one, an individual may be an applicant, principal officer, or board member of more than one marijuana establishment or more than one dual licensee regardless of their location. Two, uh, two or more marijuana establishments or dual licensees may designate a single off-site location as prescribed in Section 36-2850, Paragraph 16, Subdivision C, to be jointly used by those dual licensees or marijuana establishments. Uh, one, marijuana establishments. Uh, marijuana testing facilities and dual licensees that are subject to applicable, applicable federal or state anti-discrimination laws may not pay their employees differently based solely on a protected class status such as sex, race, color, religion, national origin, age, or disability. Nothing in this paragraph is intended to expand or modify the jur jurisdictional reach provisions or requirements of any applicable anti-discrimination law. All right. Uh, we're going on page 12 of 16. 36-2859. Advertising restrictions. Mm. Yes. A. A marijuana establishment may engage in advertising subject to the limitations imposed by this section. B. All advertisements by a marijuana establishment shall accurately and uh, legibly identify their marijuana establishment responsible for their content by name and license number. Any advertising involving direct, individualized communication or dialogue control by a marijuana establishment shall utilize 
a method of age affirmation to verify that the recipient is 21 years of age or older before engaging in that communication or dialogue. For purposes of this subsection, that method of age affirmation may include user confirmation, birth date disclosure, or other similar registration methods. Uh, D, a marijuana establishment that violates this section is subject to disciplinary action by the Department of Health Services uh, pursuant to section 36-2854, subsection B. Um, E, an individual or entity other than a marijuana establishment that advertises marijuana or marijuana products shall pay a civil penalty of not less than $20,000 per advertisement. This subsection may be enforced by the attorney general. Well, and that will take care of, uh, there are a lot of illegal businesses on Weed Maps who has pledged, apparently, you can see on their site or various articles, uh, apparently, <clears throat> Weed Maps is pledging to uh, stop uh, advertising for non-state-approved dispensaries because you're sending people um, out into the world that may, A, be first-time um, consumers of cannabis, B, might be elderly and, and frail, um, and C, you just don't want people that you don't know um, that aren't regulated some, you know, by the health department and by November of 2020 um, all dispensaries will have to have all their medicine tested yeah that's a big one that's pretty 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 huge very magical <laughs> you know what else is magical I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those Cracker Jacks, Reese's Pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Deville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking
know about the science of marijuana? What you know about people suffering from glaucoma? They need it. They need it. It helps them with their condition. If you don't believe me, then just ask some eye physicians. Thank your granddad for voting for that guy, Richard. Nixon is the president who made the plants illegal. But science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal. Alcohol and tobacco, pharmaceutical prisons. I'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers. They're making money day and night, all those motherfuckers. And bribing Congress out of sight, all those motherfuckers. They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy. I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits and they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interests. I call that getting swindled and pimped shit. I call that getting tricked by the government. That law's hella old. So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hey Obama, stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some
a marijuana establishment may not, one, package or label marijuana or marijuana uh, products in a false or misleading manner. Okay, that's good. Two, um, manufacture or sell marijuana products that resemble the form of a human, oh, of a human, animal, insect, fruit, toy, or cartoon. Uh, so gummy bears will be gone. Um, yeah. Um, it's any, well, insects. Um, are there, oh, frogs will be gone. Come on now. I like my relief toad. Seriously. And fruit. So if you have something that's shaped like a raspberry. Okay, it's going a little too far. Uh, Three, marijuana establishment may not sell marijuana products with names that resemble or imitate food or drink brands marketed to children. Mm, Okay. Uh, B, a marijuana establishment that violates this section is subject to disciplinary action by the Department of Health Services pursuant to Section 36-2854, subsection B. Okay, then. All righty, then. Um, 36, okay, now we're on to um, 36-2861, Contracts Professional Services. Um, <clears throat> y'all write this down now. Oh, you know what? I'm going to actually copy. <laughs> Leave it to me to be a smart aleck and uh, get a good idea from it. I'm going to copy and paste it into the blog. Uh, you can click on it. Well, I thought you could click on it. Jeez Louise. Um, it doesn't look like you can, but I tried. So um, I can put it on Facebook, uh, I think. Who knows? registered by any department, agency, or regulatory board of this state is not subject to disciplinary action by that entity providing professional assistance to prospective or registered uh, marijuana establishment, marijuana testing facility, or other person for any lawful activity under this chapter. Okay. Uh, Expungement. Uh, 36-2862. A. Notwithstanding. Charged with.
Okay. All right. I think we may have action. Are we back on live? Can you hear us now? All right. We're, yep. Okay. We're back. Woo. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Who knows? Um, whatever goes on in this studio here. I think it's rather haunted. <laughs> Got a lot of haunts out there, and it is the time. The veil is thin right now, you know. <laughs> okay. So we're back, and we're reading uh, the latest ADA initiative. Um, you can write an initiative yourself if you like, and um, you just have to contact the city about that. Um, uh-oh. It's a little choppy. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I'm right here with it, so hopefully it gets better. Okay, so we were reading the Smart and Safe Act initiative. Okay. Uh, expungement. I'll just read that again because I don't know where we got cut off in that. It was very, very strange. All of a sudden, um, awesome. It's better. Thank you, tech girl. Um I'm not sure where we got cut off, but this next section, 36-2862, is expungement. A, notwithstanding any other law beginning July 12, 2021, an individual who was arrested for, charged with, adjudicated, or convicted by trial or plea of, or sentenced for the following offenses may petition the court to have the record of that arrest, charge, education, conviction, or sentence expunged. One, Possessing, consuming, or transporting one ounce or less of marijuana, of which not more than five grams was in the form of marijuana concentrate. So if you fall within that, you can um, you can apply to appeal that. Um, two, possessing, transporting, cultivating, or processing not more than six marijuana plants at the individual's primary uh, residence for personal use. Three, possessing, using, or transporting paraphernalia relating to the cultivation, manufacture, processing, or consumption of marijuana. Okay, they could get you on that, too. They did to a lot of people. B, if the court uh, receives a petition for expungement pursuant to this section, one, the court shall notify the prosecuting attorney of the filing of the petition and allow the prosecuting attorney to respond to the petition within 30 days. <clears throat> two, the court may hold a hearing upon the request of either the petitioner or the prosecuting agency or the court concludes there are genuine disputes of fact regarding whether the petition should be granted. Three, the court shall grant the petition unless the prosecuting agency establishes by clear and convincing evidence that the petitioner is not eligible for expungement. I'm sure there are those cases. Four, the court shall issue a signed order or minute <clears throat> entry granting or denying the petition of, uh, in which it makes findings of fact and conclusive of law. C, if the court grants a petition for expungement, one, the signed order uh, or minute entry required pursuant to subsection B, paragraph four of this section, sh- uh, shall A, uh, if the petitioner was uh, adjudicate, adjudicated sorry, or convicted of an offense set forth in subsection A, vacate the judgment or adjudication or conviction. B, uh, state that it expects 
expunges any record of the petitioner's arrest, charge, conviction, uh, adjudication, and sentence. C, if the petitioner was convicted or adjudicated of an offense set forth in subsection of this section states that the petitioner's civil rights, including but not limited to the right to possess firearms, are restored unless petitioner is otherwise not eligible for the restoration of civil rights on grounds other than a conviction for offense set forth in subsection A of this section. Okay. Um, D. Require the clerk of the court to notify the Department of Public Safety, the prosecuting um, agency, and the arresting law enforcement agency, if applicable, of the expungement order. E. Require the clerk of the court to seal all records relating to the expunged arrest, charge, adjudication, conviction, or sentence, and allow the records to be uh, accessed only by the individual whose record was expunged or the individual's attorney. Two, the Department of Public Safety shall seal and separate the expunged record um, from the department records and inform all appropriate state and federal law enforcement agencies of the expungement unless the petitioner is uh, indigent the department of uh, the department may charge the successful petitioner a reasonable fee determined by the director to research and correct the petitioner's criminal history uh, record mm. three the arresting and prosecuting agencies shall clearly identify in each agency's files and electronic records that the petitioner's arrest, charge, conviction, adjudication, and sentence are expunged and shall not make any record of the expungement, arrest, charge, conviction, adjudication, or sentence available as a public record to any person <clears throat> except the individual whose record was expunged or that individual's attorney. D, an arrest, charge, adjudication, conviction, or sentence that is expunged pursuant to this section may not be used in a subsequent prosecution by a uh, prosecuting attorney or court for any purpose. E, an individual whose record of arrest, charge, adjudication, conviction, or sentence is expunged pursuant to this section may state that the individual has never been arrested for, charged with, adjudicated, or convicted of, or sentenced for that uh, for the crime that is the subject of the expungement. F, if the court denies a petition for expungement, the petitioner may file a direct appeal pursuant to Section 13-4033, Subsection A, Paragraph 3. G, the court shall, upon motion, dismiss uh, with prejudice any pending complaint, <clears throat> information, or indictment based on any offense set forth in subsection A to include charges or allegations based upon or arising out of conduct occurring prior to the effective date of this chapter. The person charged may therefore petition the court to expunge records of the arrest and charge for allegation as provided in this section. A motion brought pursuant to uh, this subsection may be filed with the court prior to July 12, 2021. All right, then. 
H, the Supreme Court may adopt rules necessary to implement this section. Hmm. I, a prosecuting agency may file a petition for expungement pursuant to this section on behalf of any individual uh, who was prosecuted by that prosecuting agency and the Attorney General may file a petition for expungement pursuant to this section on behalf of any individual. Mm-hmm. 36-2863. All right. <clears throat> if you're just tuning in, you're tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday, folks. Uh, here we go. 3628 Justice Reinvestment Fund Exemption Distribution. Hey. The Justice Reinvestment Fund is established consisting of all monies deposited pursuant to Section 36-2856 and interest earned on those monies. Monies in the fund are continuously appropriated. Monies in the fund and its accounts may not be transferred to anyone except as provided in this section, may not revert to the state general fund, <clears throat> and are exempt from the provisions of Section 35-190 relating to the lapsing of appropriation. The state shall administer the all in the Justice Reinvestment Fund may first be expended, and the state treasurer shall transfer monies from the fund to pay one the reasonable cost incurred by the state treasurer to administer the fund. Two, well, well I wonder. I'd like to know what the reasonable cost is. Two. The reasonable administrative costs incurred by the Department of Health Services to carry out its duties pursuant to this section. Uh, C, on December 31st and June 30th of each year, the state treasurer shall transfer all monies in the Justice Reinvestment Fund in excess of the amount paid pursuant to subsection D as follows. Uh, One, 35% to county public health departments in proportion to the population of each county according to the most Recent United States uh, decennial census for the purpose of providing justice reinvestment programs or making grants to qualified nonprofit organizations to provide justice reinvestment programs in that county. <clears throat> Two, 35% to the Department of Health Services for the purpose of making grants to qualified nonprofit organizations that provide justice reinvestment programs in the state. Three, 30% to the Department of Health Services for the purpose of providing justice reinvestment programs, addressing important public health issues that affect the state, and to research and develop social equity programs that would promote the ownership and operation of marijuana establishments and marijuana testing facilities by individuals from communities disproportionately impacted by the enforcement of previous marijuana laws. D, grants made pursuant to this section are exempt from Title 41, Chapter 23, and must require the grantee to provide the granting agency with an annual report detailing the use of granted money. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Monies transferred and received pursuant to subsection of this, this section shall not be considered to be local revenues for the purpose of Article 9, Section 20, and 21, Constitution of Arizona. F, the state treasurer may prescribe forms necessary to make transfers pursuant to subsection B of this section. G, 
as the following. One, public and behavioral health, including evidence-based and evidence-informed substance use prevention and treatment and substance use early intervention services. Two, restorative justice, jail diversion, workforce development, industry-specific technical assistance, or mentoring services for economically disadvantaged persons in communities disproportionately impacted by high rates of arrest and incarceration. Three, addressing the underlying causes of crime and reducing the prison population in the state. Four, creating or developing technology and programs that identify individuals eligible for expungement pursuant to this chapter. All right. Where are we on time? Oh, we got about five minutes left. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay, here's a short section. Maybe we'll read that and close up. This is a TPT, Transaction Privilege Tax, Use Tax, Additional Taxes Prohibited. Section 36-2864A, for purposes of the transaction privilege tax and use tax imposed and collected pursuant to Title 42, Chapter 5, marijuana and marijuana products are tangible personal property as prescribed in Section 42-5001 and are subject to the transaction privilege tax in the retail classification and use tax, B, except as provided in subsection a of this section in section 42-5502, the state and localities may not impose uh, or collect additional taxes of any kind on the sale of marijuana or marijuana products and may not impose or collect any fees or assessments of any kind on the sale of marijuana or marijuana products or on the licensing, licensing operations or activities of marijuana establishments or marijuana testing facilities unless such fee or assessment is of general applicability to individuals or businesses that are not engaged in the sale of marijuana or marijuana products. C, the prohibition uh, imposed by subsection B of this section does not apply to uniform increases to the transaction privilege tax rate for the retail classification or use uh, tax rate by the state or a locality or to a form
Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week. Look to read. Take some read. Just read in it. And be good to each other. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>